Suspense. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, the master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. Man proposes, but God disposes. Always, always the question yet to be solved, the horizon yet to be reached, beyond which ever and ever there are further horizons and never the answer to the question. Was the wealth of the distant Indies lying beyond the curve of the earth the answer to the Spain of Ferdinand and Isabella? Was Sutter's gold lying beyond the high and forbidding western mountains the answer to the America of a hundred years ago? Is the shiny electronic basketball, the soon-to-be-launched satellite, the answer to mid-century man who proposes without consulting him who disposes? We do not know, nor do we presume to guess. But we do make so bold as to give you pause for thought. Listen, then. Listen, as Frank Lovejoy stars in The Outer Limit, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Zero minus 25. Zero minus 25. All right, men, settle down. Now let's settle down. You too, Bill, that book you're reading. Put it away. Anything you say, Colonel. No doubt you're wondering why we got you out of whatever warm beds you were in. Well, we've got a reason, a very good reason. This morning, we take the wraps off the RX-3. Now, most of you have heard scuttlebutt that she's been modified. Well, she has. She's powered by eight rockets now. That's what I said, eight rockets. Designed to take man into areas of space that have never been explored before. And at a rate of speed to which no pilot has as yet been subjected. Now, Bill Westfall is going to take her up this morning as far and as fast as she can go. Joe? Yes, Colonel. You'll lead the 102s. You and your wingmen will be Bill's chase planes. We want observation at 40,000 feet. Yes, sir. Okay, here's how it plays. Pull the curtains on the map, Sergeant. Yes. <coughs> now, you see it's circled here. Your rendezvous point we designated as point X. Zero hour is 0900. Joe, you and your red tails will take off at zero minus 15. Have you got that? Yes, sir. You'll make conventional climbs to 35,000 feet, rendezvous at point X. Call into me at control at 40,000 feet. Right, Joe? That's got it, Colonel. Well, not quite. Now let's take a look at the weather. Feet? Yes, sir. Uh, the weather is very pretty out, boys. All clear, ceiling unlimited. Uh, winds aloft at 10,080 miles per hour at 165 degrees. At 25,100... Major Westfall. Yes, Colonel. This is primarily for you. Well, now, don't fret, Hank. I'm getting it. I just wanted to make sure, Bill. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, ground temperature is 60, estimated at 45 below at 40,000 feet. Uh, we expect no change for three hours. That's it, sir. Hang on. Okay, Joe, you and your boys go unwrap your 102s and have a nice time. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bill, stick around. I want to talk. How are you feeling, Bill? I feel real good. How are you feeling? Now, what about Molly and the kids? Are you worried, Hank? Don't worry. Well, I just want to know just how they are, that's all. Well, an hour ago, Molly wiped her hands on her apron, kissed me goodbye, and the twins want to be firemen this morning. Zero minus 20. Now, what are you... Zero minus okay, 20. Okay. Look, Hank, I've flown it a dozen times before. I know, but never for this speed and never for this altitude and never with eight rockets. The engineers are hitting. You could 
break out of the stratosphere in this plane. Yeah, I heard. Now, get it out of your head. This is just routine. Look, Hank, I've studied the blueprints. I know them like a prayer. My brain is crammed with detailed specifications, estimated performances, and I know all the safety vices to keep me alive. You happy? All right, come on. Let's go. Let's get out of here. I've got to say it, Bill. You know it better than I do, but I've got to say it anyhow. All right, you be a commanding officer, Hank. You know, you go ahead and tell me. Keep your throttles uniform or you'll wind up against the mountains. Yeah. Retract landing gear as soon as you're airborne. Maneuver for maximum rate of climb and a heading of 8-7 degrees, which should bring you to 40,000 in less than two minutes using JATO, approximately one mile north of Rendezvous Point. From there on, you'll be on rockets. Uh-huh. Zero minus 17. Well, go Zero ahead. minus you're 17. Oh, Bill. Come on outside. Let's go to the hangar. Bill. Yeah. You've got ten minutes of rocket fuel. Now get rid of those Jado bottles before you fire the rockets. Fire, fire only, only one, one rocket. rocket at a time. Now, uh, <laughs> now, Hank, you did just fine. I'm going to fly that baby higher and faster than anybody ever did before, just like you said. I'm going to take it up and bring it back. And then you come home and have dinner with me, huh? Yeah, sure, I'd like to. There she is, Bill. Yeah. She's real pretty, isn't she? I'll be listening in a control. I won't bother you until you're airborne. It'll be between you and the tower until then. See you later. Good luck. Zero minus three. Zero minus three. Good morning, Colonel. Oh, Mr. Hargrove, you'll be here at control with me? It's all right with you, Colonel. Well, I wouldn't have it any other way. You check the communications equipment, Sergeant? Yes, sir. Major Westfall has been assigned a special radio frequency of 3970. Good, good, good. You'll take good care of it, Sergeant. We don't want it to poop out or anything like that, do we, Sergeant? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Well, no, sir, sir. Hargrove, I've, uh, I've got a thing on my mind. That boy in the plane you geniuses designed, he's my best boy. It's our best plane, Colonel. It better be. Well, now it's your turn. What have you got on your mind? Everything's in proper order, Colonel. The electronic brain, the recording equipment, the television cameras in the cockpit, everything. Every known scientific device, even some unknown. They've been... We're talking about a man. That's all I really want to get back out of this. What about the man? There may be one difficulty. Well, tell me about it. I'd like to know. The takeoff with all that load, the jets, the rockets, all at maximum fuel capacity. It's never been tested that way before. Go on, Mr. Hargrove. It's just that Major Westfall has only 10,000 feet to get his ship airborne. If he accelerates from zero to 300 knots in 10,000 feet, he should be airborne in less than seven seconds. Seven seconds. That makes it zero plus G. Yes, Colonel. Beyond zero plus G, beyond that we don't know. We just don't know. Oh, thank you. Thank you uh, for everything, Mr. Hargrove. Sergeant, flip your switch on Major Westfall. I hear he's got a swell program. Flip them all, Sergeant. Yes, from RX-3, any change in weather? RX-3 from tower, barometer reading 29.7. Set your altimeter accordingly. Roger. Wind 15 miles from south. Zero minus 130. Zero minus 130. Got it. Control from RX-3, over. Control to RX-3, go ahead. Control to RX-3, this is uh, just for you, Hank. Cabin pressure... Okay. Oxygen pressure, okay. Hydraulic flight control, okay. Fuel pressure, safety lock. All right, all right, all right. Get off the dime, kid. <laughs> Take a mill. Zero minus one. 
zero minus one. Four chief from RX-3, over. Go ahead, RX-3. I am ready to fire. Hold it. Okay. All set to fire. Clear? Clear. Starting starboard jet. Starting port jet. Zero minus 30 seconds. RX-3 from tower. Come in, tower. Western Airlines Flight 303 reported over San Jose southbound. Navy interceptor on home leg in San Diego. United Airlines eastbound 4010 at 18,000 over Salt Lake City. No other aircraft aloft in the area. Zero minus Roger. 11. Tower from RX-3. Nine. Ready for takeoff. Eight. RX-3 from tower. Seven. Clear to take off Six. on runway 27. Five. Good luck. Four. Three. Two. One. Zero. Control from RX-3. This is control. Go ahead, Bill. Everything's great, Hank. She's a doll, baby. You were kidding with that takeoff, weren't you? It took that long to get it off. That makes it a takeoff, Hank. How fast are you climbing? Airspeed 690, approaching Mach 1. She's buffeting some. Bad? I'm still flying her. Hank! Hank! Yes, Bill? I just went through Mach 1. Speed of sound, straight up. Uh she shake bad? Not a shudder. Wasp waist is a big help. She's a doll baby, Hank, a living doll baby. How do you feel? I like it here. Control from Red Tail 1. Control from Red Tail 1. Go ahead, Red Tail. RX-3 over rendezvous point at 50,000. He's ready turn, Colonel. On schedule, Joe? On schedule. Control from RX-3, control from RX-3. Go ahead, Bill. 55,000, Hank. Still a doll, baby? Still is. Hank, can you hear me okay? You're coming in clear, Bill. Rocket system primed. Dropping right jet. Dropping left jet, all clear. Good luck, Bill. Firing number one rocket. Fired. Waking back. Firing number two rocket. Fired. Hey, Hank. Yes, Bill, what is it? Bill? Bill, are you receiving me? RX-3 from control, come in. Come in, RX-3. Hello, Bill, come in. Red tail leader from control. Red tail leader from control, come in, red tail. What about it, Joe? RX-3 overhead at approximately 70,000 feet. Maintaining a heading of north-northwest. I can barely make him, Colonel. Try calling. Roger. RX-3 from Red Tail Leader. RX-3 from Red Tail Leader. Come Mr. in, RX-3. Yes, Colonel? Come in, Share RX3. it with me, Mr. Hargrove. Sit here and run your fingers through your hair and wait RX3. and think about it and share Red it with me. Leader. Control from Red Tail Leader. Go ahead, Red Tail. We've lost him, Colonel. Stay up there, Joe, as long as you can. What do we do now, Colonel? I just told you, Mr. Hargrove, we wait. You and me. We wait. 
You haven't lost me, Joe. I can hear you. Stay up there, Joe, as long as you can. Hello? Hello, Joe? I will try another frequency. Red tail from RX3, can you make me? Red tail from RX3, can you make me? I still can't get you, Joe. I will keep sending. Firing number seven rocket. Fired. Firing number eight rocket. Fired. Oh, brother! This is RX-3 broadcasting to whom it may concern to all you people. This is Bill Westfall approaching 210,000 feet at four times the speed of sound. 210,000 feet, that's 40 miles straight up in the air to all you people. And that's where I am. You never saw anything like it. No clouds. And a color no one ever named before. Otherwise, there's nothing. There's, there's no sound except my instruments. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Wait a minute. There is some something at two o'clock high. Really something, brother. And it, it's not a flying saucer either. This one's egg-shaped. It's huge. It, it's spinning like a top and it's coming toward me. Can you hear me? Can, can you hear me? Listen. Listen, something has just happened. Something, a missile, something, a, a, a shot. Maybe through, through my canopy. The pressure is going down. Something is happening to me. That egg-shaped thing, I'm being pulled toward it. I have lost control of the ship. I have no control. I am going to be in pressure. I'm on the edge consciousness. One black In a moment, we continue with Suspense. Every Sunday, right tramps over wrong dramatically in Indictment. The unusual dramatic series that is based on stories of the criminal law with authentic procedures as they are followed by the office of an assistant district attorney. For the kind of excitement that is generated when justice goes into action, hear Indictment just a few minutes from now and every Sunday over most of these same stations. And now, we continue with The Outer Limit, starring Mr. Frank Lovejoy, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. We've waited a long time, Colonel. Well, we'll wait some more. But there's no point to it. May I make a suggestion, Colonel? What? Give it up. Make your report to Washington. What about you, Hargrove? To be frank with you, Colonel, in another 16 months, there'll be another plane, the RX-4, and the Air Force will give us another man to fly it. Until we're certain about this man, and we're not certain. What do you propose to do? The things that are in the manual... We'll organize search parties. We'll put spotter planes up in the air. Maybe Bill came down in the ocean. We'll call the Navy. Colonel, if the RX-3 came down on the ocean, it would sink in five minutes. It had no life preserver equipment on it. The added We'll weight... call the Navy in, Mr. Hargrove. Whatever you say, Colonel, but my guess is... What's your guess, Hargrove? My guess is that sometime, somewhere, on some beach or in some field, someone will pick up a ball of cooled metal. 
that someone will be holding what's left of the RX-3. I hear you. I I understand. Proceed, Zeglon. We have established communication with him, Commander, on frequency X29. Good. Proceed as ordered. Yes, Commander. Earthman, your brain is in turmoil, is it not? It has great difficulty in accepting what you see. Yeah, that's right. Accept it. What you see here exists. This... this exists? It exists, Earthling. The spaceship you're on exists. Those jet dynamos you see before you exist. Jet dynamos driven by the harness power of a thousand suns. Listen, Earthman. Listen to them. Do you know what happened as you listened, Earthman? We have flung ourselves 10,000 miles into space. What do you say to that, Earthman? I don't know what to say. It is beyond the conception of your Earth brain. Then conceive this. Try to move, Earthman. You're not bound in any way. Try to move. Don't strain. It's impossible for you to move. There is a screen of force aimed at you. Now you may move about, Earthling. Proceed, Zeglon. Yes, Commander. Earthman, I perceive that your intellect now accepts the fact. You are aboard Space Patrol Ship S2J3. I am Captain Zeglon of the Galactic Guard. Galact- Galactic Guard? The Guardian of the Galaxy. The Guardian of the Universes. The instrument the Brotherhood of Worlds has set up in defense against such a world as yours. What puzzles you, Earthman? I can't see you. I I can feel that you're here, but I, I can't see you. There is no necessity for you to see us. It is sufficient that we communicate with each other. But talking to you is like... Well, it's not like talking. It's, it's as if it is all happening inside my brain. It is. That is how I'm reaching you. Not through your ears, but inside your brain. Do you remember what happened to you before you blacked out? I think so. That There was a sharp sound like... A bullet hitting the canopy. It was not a bullet. It was a ray. It was necessary to stop your flight. We have so much to tell you. Well, first, tell me about my ship. Is it lost? No. It is being repaired. It will be returned to you. And you will return to Earth because you are the Earth's only hope of survival. Hope of survival? What do you, what do you mean? I will show you. <gasps> what you see before you is a panorama of your own universe far greater in scope than any Earthman has ever seen before. Observe. Observe where the line is pointing. Star 5, Galaxy C, Sector K. Is that the Earth? That dot, that speck you see revolving in the vastness, is your sun. A star whose surface is 12,000 times that of your Earth. 
Your earth is not even visible here. How, how did you know we even exist? That was our problem. We first became aware of your planet when we found atomic dust containing strontium-90 in the upper atmosphere. We traced it to your Earth. It was that important to you? Quite. We determined that you were setting off thermonuclear explosions. That's why the Galactic Council has quarantined you. Quarantine? I, I don't understand. How? How are we quarantined? We have sealed off your planet from the rest of space. We have surrounded it with a force screen. When that screen has accumulated enough particles of atomic dust, your Earth will explode. Listen to me, Earthman. Listen. We have had our own wars, wars that almost destroyed our civilization. Now we have outlawed war throughout space, and we have outlawed your world. If there is another thermonuclear explosion, you will destroy yourselves. Take this back to your planet. Warn them, Earthman. Release him, Zeglon. Yes, Commander. Earthman, you will open that door. There is your ship. Get into it, Earthling. Are you ready, Earthling? Yes, I'm ready. You will be propelled into space. Close your canopy. Open aperture. Warn them, Earthman! Warn them! Fire! Funny, man. Are you loaded, kid? How did you get in on this frequency? Listen, this is RX-3. RX-3, coming in for landing. Give me landing instructions. Tower to funny, man. Impossible to join RX-3. Now get away from the area. The area cleared for interceptor practice approaches. Tower, this is Major Westfall in RX-3. Now come on, give me landing instructions. I am fresh out of rocket juice. Yeah, o okay, Major, in just a minute. Uh, tower to all aircraft in the base area. Tower to all aircraft in the base area. We have an emergency. All aircraft hold present altitude and proceed on a course of 180 degrees until advised. Radio silence will be maintained until the emergency is over. Okay, RX-3, go ahead. I approximate my position 20 miles north of the field at 10,000. Estimate six minutes to land. RX-3 from tower. You are cleared to land. Runway 9. Wind east-southeast 15. Roger. Coming down. Give me a hand. Bill! Bill, what? Just help me off this plane, will you? Yeah. Phil, what Hank, happened? Hank, now listen, you won't believe it, but you've got to. Before I tell you anything, you've got to promise to believe me. You just, you've got to. Look, what did you write? No, before to... anything, Hank. Now, now, promise me. We'd better have you looked over, kid. No, no, I'll be all right. Now, just listen to me, Hank. Hank, they said the earth would explode. They said it was the end for us. They said that? Bill, come on, let's get over to my you, office. You don't believe it. Read it like an order, Bill. My office. What, uh, they, what, uh, they are you talking about? Hank, I chased me a spaceship, and I caught it, or rather, it caught me. I was cruising nicely, about 200,000 feet. That's where I spotted it. Hank, Hank, Oh, listen. kid, you don't have no, to No, no, I've got to tell you. They said I had to tell you. 
for. Don't you understand, Hank? I saw this thing. I saw it coming at me. I thought it was going to be the biggest smash and... It wasn't. I, I came to. Inside their ship, Hank. Hank. Hank, I need a drink. An awful tall drink. Well, that can wait, too. I... I want Major Donaldson to look at you. A psychiatrist? Well, what for? To test my jerks? Yes. Uh, yeah, something like that. Well, that's the story, Major Donaldson. Hank. Hank, you believe it, don't you? Just keep flying down there, Bill. Major, what do you think? Oh, I'm not sure. Now, Bill, these men from Mars... I didn't say they were men from Mars. Now, did you hear me say that they were men from Mars? No, 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 you didn't. All I'm trying to tell you is this. Whoever those people were, they know all about us, everything. About our wars, about our big bombs. They've got us... They have got us quarantined. Quarantined? Yes, quarantined. They've sealed us off from the rest of space. We have wars. We're sick. And we're going to die. They've seen to it that we will die. Well, go ahead, Bill. Well, there's nothing more to go ahead with. Another H-bomb and that's all. One more bomb and we're going to have the juiciest galactic 4th of July of all time. Explode. Like that. Well, how do you like it? All right, Bill. Roll up your sleeve. Now, just forget it, Major. All I need is a couple of drinks. Sorry, Bill. Not right now. Let the Major give you a hypo. Uh, Hank, I've got a drink coming. I, a, a lot of drinks. And I want to see my wife. Yeah, later. I'll call Molly. Right now, you've got to get a little sleep. Go ahead, Major. I, I... Come on, Bill. Let's leave. All right. All right. If it's in order, go ahead. Oh, there. You'll be okay in a few hours. I am... Okay, now. Sure, sure. We'll leave you here, Bill. It's all right if Bill sleeps in here, isn't it, Colonel? Sure, sure. But when you wake up, I'll have Molly here, and we'll have that drink together. Yeah. Well, maybe she'll believe you. Maybe you'll believe me then, Hank. You'd better... Come on, Major. He'll be okay by himself, Major? Well, he's been under a strain... But he'll sleep for quite a spell. I see. Well, we better get some sleep, too. Right. And don't worry, Colonel. He's a strong boy. Best nerves I've seen in a long time. I'd say things will be all right. Uh, delusions like Bill's latched onto. Well, delusions like this. Major. Yes, Colonel. Major, when you make your charts out for Bill and diagnose him and treat him and do all the things that you have to, when you do that, Major... Consider this. Yeah? How did he keep that plane in the air for ten hours? For ten hours, Major. When he had fuel to last him only ten minutes. Mr. Frank Lovejoy starred in William N. Robeson's production of The Outer Limit by Graham Dorr. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with another tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. The Outer Limit was adapted for radio by David Friedkin and Mort Fine. 
Supporting Mr. Lovejoy were Stacey Harris, Barney Phillips, Jack Crucian, Larry Thor, Sam Pierce, Jay Novello, Hans Conried, and Joe Kearns. The musical score was written by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Sound patterns by Tom Hanley and Bill James. Like to laugh? Then you'll like listening to Eve Arden as Our Miss Brooks on CBS Radio later today. With Cupid taking pot shots at her from one side and Mr. Conklin, the school principal, badgering her on the other, our lovelorn school marm has a tough time tracking down her favorite male, Mr. Boynton. But since all of her difficulties are comic, every episode of Our Miss Brooks starring Eve Arden offers immediate insurance against the blues. What can you lose? Here Eve Arden is Our Miss Brooks on CBS Radio every Sunday over most of these same stations. This is the CBS Radio Network. like a woman scorned. When that woman is a reigning movie star who has her contract canceled at the height of her career, the fury can indeed be lethal, as Miss June Lockhart proves in Shooting Star, which begins exactly one minute from now. Miss June Lockhart as Gay Lansing in Shooting Star, a tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. These contract players, Dave. Martin, Richard, Doc, cancel him. Richards? Uh-huh. But I thought you... So were... I play Jane with him and he goes with my daughter. I don't do business that way. Oh, I just ran. I thought the boy was pretty good. I can't use him. That's all, Dave. Yeah. Okay, yes. Oh, Jeff. Now, see here, Jeff. I don't want to hear any more trouble about Dark Lady. If it's the day of my funeral, that picture starts rolling on the 17th. I know Laura Bevins is expensive, but get her for this picture. And bring the papers to my place in the desert. I'll sign them there. All right. Goodbye. Uh, yes? Mr. Benjamin, kind to see you, Mr. Zimmer. Oh. Well, all right, send him in. Miss Davis? Yes, Mr. Zimmer? Tell Haynes to bring my car around. Yes, Mr. Zimmer. Well, good afternoon, J.D. Hello, Ben. How's the arthritis? Not so good. It's too bad. Going to the desert for the weekend. That's the place. Break it out. Yeah. I uh, wanted to talk to you about Gay Lansing, J.D. You ever thought about it? For Dark Lady? Yeah. I've thought about it. And? She's not the type. Not the type? Listen, with an Italian hair... She can't act. How would you know? Have you ever given her a chance? Lost Banny, Gay's great in sequence and feather. She's got the bill for it, even if she don't sing so good. But that ain't what the public wants these days. Now they want dames in sweatshirts and Levi's and no makeup. Dames like Laura Bevan. Don't ask me why. That's the way it is. But if I don't give them what they want, I ain't going to be in business very long. Gay's got what it takes, Jay. Then take it somewhere else. Aren't you being a... Now listen, Benny, you got no beef. You've had a piece of gay from the beginning. Fifteen percent, they tell me, instead of the usual ten. That's got nothing to do with it. And who delivered her to you? Who told her you were the only agent for her? Who, huh? You did, J.D. Okay, now I'm telling you she's at the end of the line. 
This is going to be rough on her. Yeah, and on me, too. Listen, pal. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll make it up to you, see? I'll deliver Laura Bevan. Mickey Horowitz handles it. He won't after I tell her you're going to handle it. Well, it's awful nice to you, J.D. I still don't feel right about gay. Are you going soft or something? There ain't no room for sentiment in this business. You'll be taken care of. You'll get yours. So what do you got to worry about? Get a lily wrapped it up, there's it, ladies. Gay! Oh, Ben, hello. I gotta talk to you, Gay. Well, come on into my dressing room where I can sit down and take my shoes off. Oh, gosh, I've never been so tired. It's harder every time, Benny. Thank heavens, this, this dance marathon's nearly over. And thank heavens, this is my last musical. Gay, I've just seen Zimmer. Oh, Benny, what did he say about Dark Lady? He said no, Gay. No? They're signing Laura Bevan. Laura Bevan? Look, what kind of an agent are you? I'm sorry, Gay, that's the way it is. So my next picture will be another super multicolored musical mishmash. Gay, they're not renewing. They're not... What? They're dropping your option. But I... Oh, you must be kidding. Look, I've been with this studio since I was 16. Half my life. I've well, my pictures. J.D. thinks the musical cycle is over. He thinks he my thinks... cycle's over, is that it? He didn't say that, Gay. Just like that. Look, ZSP isn't the only studio in Hollywood. This is just this morning I was talking with Harry Westerfeld out at Modern Pictures. He says Look out, give me my coat. Where are you going? Does it matter? Now, Gay, take it easy. Look, look, look. You change and I'll drive you home. You'll feel better. Feel? How would you know how I feel? Gay, I'll figure something. I'll call J.D. at Palm Desert over the weekend. Don't bother. I'll handle this myself. Yeah? Jerry? Yeah. Hello, Iris. I've been calling you all over. What are you doing at the desert? Right now, I'm having a highball. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to take a sun bath. But your brother and his wife are coming to dinner tonight. Yeah. That's why I'm here. Oh, Jerry. You could be a little more considerate. You could have let me know. Listen, Iris, I stopped punching a time clock a long time ago. I'm not checking up on you, honey. Only... Only what? Who's down there with you? Nobody. I sent Haynes back with the car. But who'll take care of you? Get your food. I'll have my meal sent in. Honey, are you angry with me? No. I just don't want to be around when that leech of a brother of mine shows up. You know, I can't stand him. I can't either, really. I'm just trying to be polite. Okay, so be polite. And let me know when he and his wife check out. I'd much rather be with you, Jerry. Well, you know where I am. Wouldn't you like that? Just the two of us this weekend, a sort of second honeymoon? Yeah. Sounds great. You don't seem very enthusiastic. Oh, listen, honey. Will you get off my back? I got to get some sun before it's all gone. All right, Jerry. I'll talk to you later. Okay? Okay, Jerry. <sighs> Hello, J.D. Gay. What are you doing here? I just drove down for a little conference. Huh? I understand you want to drop my contract. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Benny told you already, huh? 
Uh, I'm sorry about that, Gay, but the stockholders feel... Yeah, I've heard that routine before. Well, you're not dropping me, J.D. You're drawing up a new contract for $3,000 a week. Seven years and no options. And you're giving me the lead in Dark Lady. Now, look, Gay... I want you to call the studio now and arrange it. No, Gay, you're being ridiculous. After all, in today's market, it's the exhibitors... I mean what I say, J.D. Gay! Quite a conversation piece, isn't it? So small... And the little pearl handle. But it shoots real bullets. I'd advise you to respect it. But this isn't like you, Gay. Perhaps you just don't know me very well. Go on, get on that phone, J.D., and be careful. Let's see how good an actor you are. Go on. All right. Hello, operator. Get me Hollywood 62424. Now, you know how foolish you're being, gay wife. I even hint at the Screen Actors Guild, which should... No, you can't scare me. Legal department? Mr. Mitchell, please. Now, if I tell Owen to go ahead with this, legal is going to have a mess on their hands with Laura Bevan. I couldn't care less. Uh, hello, Owen. This is J.D. I... Uh, I want you to draw up a new contract for gay Lansing... For seven years. That's what I said. Three thousand a week. No options. The part. Put it in the contract. She's to star in Dark Lady. Put that in the contract. Right. Well, you work it out. <sighs> Very good, J.D. How far do you think you can go with this, Gay? Monday morning, I'll cancel that contract and you'll be blackballed by every studio in town. No. Oh, no. Because now, J.D., I'm going to kill you. Huh? Yes. I'm going to kill you, but not right away. Oh, you don't deserve that. I can't let you die with your complacency unshaken, your smugness unbroken. Stay back. Give me that... Oh, oh! My arm. Oh, my arm. Oh, I think it's broken. No, it isn't. It's just twisted. Uh, you have yourself to thank for that, J.D. You had an expert teach me judo, remember? Uh, for that whack musical? Go on, get up. Gay. Gay, why don't you sit down and... And we'll talk this over. You think I'm crazy, don't you? No, no, no. I, I think you're... Tired. I'm quite sane, J.D. I want you to understand that. Now, let me see. Uh, last year, you used a folding wheelchair when your knee was bad. Where is it? I don't know. The hall, maybe? Well, we'll have a look, then. Go on, J.D. Walk. Uh, uh, Open the door. Oh, here it is. All right. Open it up and wheel it out here. Now, sit down. Go ahead. Now, look. And the belt off my jacket should do nicely. Now, this should hold you. And if I need you in another room, I can just wheel you there. And I won't have to keep the gun pointed at. That's rude, I know. There. Are you comfortable? Hey, this is a very poor joke. Oh, I don't like to do this, J.D. I am not a criminal. I made a phone call. Your contract is being drawn up. Now, 
Now, let's have a drink and... You remember the first time you saw me? Now, you... You were in the chorus of one of Daly's reviews. Not the chorus. I had a specialty. Even at first, I had a specialty. Forty dollars a week. Oh, I thought I'd arrived. I was just 16. And then Zimmer Productions signed you up at ten times that figure. And I made the Sunshine Girl. Do you remember how things were with ZSP in those days? The studio was bankrupt. But I saved you. Oh, they liked the Sunshine Girl. And little by little, I climbed to success. With Zimmer Star Productions on my shoulders. The favor worked both ways, Gay. How many girls attend premieres of their own picture before they're 17? And did you know how I worked for those premieres and contracts? I've danced my heart out. I even risked my life for you. You were never asked to do that. And when you had the bright idea of a dance routine on a 30-foot globe, I did it. Oh, I still have nightmares about it. The lights in my eyes. I whirl. I smile. The music goes faster and faster. I look down. I fall. It was eight months before I danced again. Gay, you've always been our most reliable star. Oh, I have, haven't I? No undue husbands, scandals, or temperament. Why break your record? You use me up and then throw me out. You've done enough to me in my career. Tomorrow, you'll be the headlines. An unfortunate accident. Huh? What are you talking about? You don't swim, do you? A villa in Palm Desert with a pool, a cottage at Carmel with a private beach, a ranch in Oregon with a private lake, but you don't swim, do you, J.D.? You wouldn't. No, not yet. Tonight I'm going to set a time. Huh? Say, um, nine o'clock. Oh. That'll give you three hours and 40-odd minutes to think about it. They'll arrest you. You'll go to jail. Who's that? I, I don't know. I thought you weren't expecting anyone. Well, I'm not. Who is it, J.D.? Now, let's not play games. Uh, uh, maybe it's the delivery boy. I ordered some liquor. Well, I'll handle him. How? Oh, never mind. Now, look, I'm going to put you in the den and gag you. If I were you, J.D., I'd be very, very cooperative. It wouldn't bother me in the least to kill the delivery boy and then make it look as though you did it. Mr. Zimmer was here alone this time. But he is, technically. I'm his secretary. You don't say. Mm-hmm. Here you are. Oh, thanks. Oh, well. Bottoms up. Why not? You know, you're awfully cute. 
get a ride? I'll bet you do. How'd you like to get around me? Yeah. Yeah. You gonna be here long? Well, I... What's that? Nothing. Oh, it must be something in the refrigerator I'm defrosting. Maybe you'd better go now. Go? Now? Well, you, you better. Oh, that's a quick switch. No. Okay. But I'll see you again, maybe? Maybe. Yeah. Well, goodbye. And, uh, give my compliments to the old man. Oh, I should be very angry with you, J.D., for knocking over that vase. I'll remember that at 9 o'clock. Meanwhile, we can take this gag off. You, you witch. That delivery boy. You not only want to kill me, but my reputation as well. Your reputation? <sighs> Shall I tell you something about your reputation, J.D.? <sighs> your known as a heartless, grasping, slave-driving tyrant. That's rubbish. I'm a hard-working man who got ahead by his own efforts. Have you? All by yourself? How about that brother of yours who lent you $400 to get started? The rather small-time brother you don't even talk to now. I happen to know one of the reasons you're here this minute is because he and his family are visiting at your house in Beverly Hills, and you don't want to see him. Why should I? I've paid that leech back a hundred times. And then there was the time you took your own partner's wife away from him. He was making her life miserable. And what are you making it? You left her alone on your honeymoon, and she's hardly seen you since. That's not true. I'm a busy man, but I'm a family man. And I won't have you trying... You won't be considered a family man after the publicity you're going to get. Producer dies in love nest killing. <laughs> but then you always taught me any publicity is good publicity. Oh. Even when Eric Allen eloped with someone else on the eve of our wedding, you had the publicity department make a front-page ball of my broken heart. But, Gay, you, you can't keep down a story like that. You could have tried. You could have tried. All right, Gay, look, look. Look, let's say you win. Let's say I've made mistakes. But I can always do better. Now, right now I'm tired and hungry, and if, if you'll just untie me, I'll agree to forget all about tonight. What do you say? What do you and say? have you go to the police the moment you're free? Oh, no. I won't. You, 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 you have my word. Look, I'll put it in writing. Well, I'll think it over. I'll let you know at 9 o'clock. But you do have a point, J.D. Of course. About being hungry, that is. Uh, I am too. Starved. Uh, we'll have some dinner sent over from the hotel. Ah, uh, let's not. No, they'd send a waiter. And I hate crowds, don't you? Let's see if your larder is as well stocked as your bar. If you'll join me. One would know you were a member of the Gourmet Society, J.D. Cornish game hens, hearts of palm, and brandied peaches. Quite a snack. And it's only 7.24. <laughs> you have plenty of time to enjoy it. Shall I untie you so you can eat? Certainly, uh, I'm not hungry. Oh, but you must eat something. Gay, you were going to consider my offer. Oh, yes. Oh, I wouldn't count on it, J.D., 
I'm afraid it's a little too late for mercy. Coffee? No. Well, let me slice you some of this gruyere. What's that? What's what? Well, there's a car turning in. Who do you know who drives a pale blue cab convertible? My wife. It's Iris. So? She must have driven down. And Iris knows you, Gay. You might as well give up the game right now. Oh, not necessarily. Twilight. Dim, dark in the front room. What are you going to do? First, gag you. Again. Don't you lay a finger on my wife. Don't you touch her. I swear, Gay, I'll... Mm. Now, I'll wipe off my lipstick and I'll take this broom with me. Yes, Mum? Oh, hello. Who are you? Your maid, Mum, from the hotel. Uh, Mr. Zimmer, he wanted some cleaning up done. Oh, I see. I'm Mrs. Zimmer. I forgot my key. Where is Mr. Zimmer? Out. Out? To dinner. But I thought... Where was he going, did he say? Oh, I wouldn't be knowing. Oh, some club somewhere. The Palm Club? Tennis Club? Oh, that might be it. Oh, this is a tennis club. Oh. Well, I'll drive over and join him. After a drink of water, the drive through the desert is simply parched. Oh, yeah, I'll get it for you, Mum. I know, don't bother. I'll just run out to the kitchen. Oh, and I was that worried I was about his going out. Him with the mark of the grave on him. The mark of the... What are you talking about? Him with a shadow in his eyes and the pain not ten minutes gone from his heart. And will he get to bed and let me bring him something? Who? not him. A telephone call and off he goes. Are you trying to tell me my husband had a heart attack? It was just a slight one. When did this happen? Why, not ten minutes after I got here, Mum. Oh, I knew it this morning. I I I was born with a call, and and I had the feeling. The minute I opened my eyes, I said, there'll be trouble this day. I said... Oh, do be quiet. I better get over there. Just leave the latch off the door. We won't be late. Hoping you're not too late, Mum. Goodbye. Well, J.D., you can talk again now. What have you done to my wife? She's gone. Where is she? I sent her into town to search for you. Uh She thinks I'm the maid. And she thinks I'm a little odd. The maid? Why, with a napkin round my head and my lipstick wiped off. You know, lipstick makes a remarkable difference to a woman. She'll be back. When she can't find me, she'll be back. Not in your lifetime, J.D. Shall we go into the living room? Allow me. The kitchen clock must have been a little slow. Twenty-two minutes till nine. Twenty-two minutes, J.D. Want anything special to pass the time? Gay, I... I... No. Nothing. No? No entertainment, J.D.? Then how about a little music on the radio, hmm? And then I'll sit down. We shall have 21 minutes to wait. I'm really very tired. Odd how much planning a murder takes out of one. One more nut. Just one. 
but I wasn't. You might say that I was acting. It's nine o'clock, J.D. No. Get up and walk towards the pool. Jay. Now, don't make me shoot you here. Get out of that chair. Jay, please. Listen to me. Jay, I've been wrong, but I'll make it up to you. You can have anything. Money, parts, anything. Jay, don't. Not my life. Don't take my life. I beg you. I beg you. Don't. don't. All right, J.D., the audition's over. It was rather drastic, perhaps. And I'm sorry, but it was the only way I knew. Jay? Just an act. It was all an act, J.D. The threat. And that? The pathos. The madness. Even the sexy scene with the delivery boy. After all, I had to prove to you that I could be something more than a song and dance girl. You think about it, J.D., while I see who's at the door. Maybe it's Iris back again. Why, Friedel, my favorite director, and Benny. Hello, Jake. Say, what is all this? I was all set with Laura Bevan for Dark Lady when I got word you were to do it. I came down to corner J.D. and find out what goes. Well, he's right in there. You can ask him. Well, good evening, J.D. What's this? What's the matter with him? He's unconscious. Unconscious? But he was all right a minute ago. I'll get some brandy. Now don't bother. He's dead. Dead? But he can't be. He can't. J.D. Look at the expression on his face. Yeah. He looks scared. Scared to death. <laughs> Miss June Lockhart starred in William N. Robeson's production of Shooting Star by Ruth Bourne. Listen. Listen again next week when we return with Jeff Chandler and another tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Supporting Miss Lockhart in Shooting Star were Ellen Morgan, Joe DeSantis, Shepard Menken, Dick Crenna, and Hans Conrad. CBS Radio Network. CBS Northeastern Pennsylvania, WGBI, AM, FM, Scranton. Suspense. And the producer of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, a master of mystery and adventure, William N. Robeson. We try to avoid cliches and platitudes on suspense. For instance... You'll never hear a victim say to a criminal, you can't get away with it. Or hardly ever. Yet the bad guys hardly ever do get away with it. Even when they plan their crimes brilliantly and set their getaways with the most meticulous detail. The law doesn't catch up to them. More often than not, they catch up with themselves. As Joseph Dunlop, alias Andrew Burt, does in A Good Neighbor, the strange story of retribution 
Starring Mr. Jeff Chandler. And now... Mr. Jeff Chandler in A Good Neighbor. A tale well calculated to keep you in... Suspense. Suspense. 